Thank you for downloading the PR Week, PR Week's weekly podcast. For more podcasts as well as breaking news, visit PRWeek.com. Thank you for downloading the PR Week, PR Week's weekly podcast. For more podcasts as well as breaking news, visit PRWeek.com. Hello and welcome to the PR Week, PR Week's regular weekly roundup of everything that matters in the worlds of PR and communications. My name is Steve Barrett. I'm the editorial director of PR Week and to guide you through this week's show with a terrific guest. We've got Joe Quenqua, who's the CCO of WW International. And uh, welcome to the show, Joe. How are you doing? I'm doing great, Steve. Thanks so much for having me today. And you're not the first Quenqua to be on the PR Week podcast, are you? Because your brother, Doug, was famously editor-in-chief of Campaign US. And we had Doug on the show a couple of times, I think. So it's good to get the Quenqua family name back on the PR Week. Honored to carry the torch. Thank you, Steve. And we've got Frank Washgut, who's our executive editor. How are you doing, Frank? I'm doing okay. I'm doing all right. Yeah, that's all we can do these days. Hanging in there. And, uh, yeah, yeah, for sure. We'll- We'll talk to Joe and talk about WW and its um, progress since it uh, rebranded a couple of years ago. We'll also talk about FedEx, which has reorganized its comms and marketing department. S4 Capital, that's a Martin Sorrell-led group, has absorbed a PR operation. Wells Fargo found an interesting way to rescue uh, an email snafu within its company. We'll talk about this crazy GameStop AMC Robin Hood viral story about investing and share prices going crazy and twitter has refreshed itself its brand but it's keeping the bird fear not and an agency is using tiktok to find new staffers i think that's always an interesting story so we'll find out about that they've got good traction on it as well but uh, joe let's uh, talk to you first ww international is obviously we used to know as weight watchers tell us about the transition to the WW brand, it was more of a uh, going to more of a feeling of, of t- overall wellness. And uh, that that rebranding happened about a year and eight months ago. And I think you arrived sort of a few months before that. So you've seen that process in action. Talk us through how you uh, how you did that and how it's going. Well, thanks, Steve. Uh, the reality is the the official rebrand to WW was before my time. I am, uh, I So I came in a bit after that. Um, so it was already underway. Um, the Mindy Grossman uh, came in. She is our CEO, president and CEO. And she joined um, where she had previously been at HSN. And she joined in July of 2017 and started to um, bring in a fresh new round of talent um, combined with some people who have been with the company for quite a bit of time. And the thought was, you know, looking at where the trends were going and what people were doing is that that wellness was obviously the, the the momentum forward. The idea that um, people were still interested in weight loss, but that they were looking for a more holistic approach. So um, I was really grateful to come in a couple years. Um, so in the summer of 2019, um, ahead of some big initiatives that we had planned, but we were pretty well into that rebrand already. And it's been incredibly well received. Um, we feel like obviously in the moment that we're in now, the the emphasis on your health has never had um, more resonance on a global scale. Um, as Mindy is very fond of saying, um, what really may have once been seen as a luxury has become a true necessity. And uh, we think that we really happen to have been in the right place at the right time for um, a lot of people and probably 
even more people today than we were a year ago. So I'm really grateful to be where I'm at in this moment. Yeah, what are the biggest differences? I mean, there are lots of diets around keto diets we hear about and loads of other things. People diet diet in terms of being vegetarian or vegan has really evolved a lot in recent years. We've seen the rise of plant-based brands, food brands. But the, the, the Weight Watchers in the old days was all about um, doing losing weight together, wasn't it? And being a group thing and, and uh, motivating each other. Is that still a big part of what WW does? And, and what else have you got now on top of that to enhance the wellness idea? Well, it is definitely a company that was founded on community. Um, so that's, that is still a very much a part of our brand and part of the, how the program works. Look, I always like to say I was a member long before I was an employee. Um, I, always like to tell the story you know i joined the walt disney company um as um head of east coast publicity back in 2002 um and it was only a handful of months later when i walked into my first weight watchers meeting um on broadway and 39th street and i've been back to many many meetings since then obviously um the company and the product has changed quite a bit we obviously are now a very digitally focused company. Every single one of our members, as of our um, last earnings, um, Q3 closing at 4.7 uh, members, which is a Q3 close high. Um, everyone, all of those 4.7 members have the app. And that is really the point of connectivity for all of us 24 hours a day. And uh, while we still have in-person workshops, um, that's obviously changed quite a bit, not just over the years, but certainly um, during the pandemic. Obviously, we operate in several countries around the globe. And depending upon where we're at, there are certain markets that literally have no in-person right now. Things will slowly open. Things are slowly opening. But depending upon um, what the rules and regulations allow us to do and what is safe for our population, we're not. Um, so the reality is that we went when the pandemic began, we shut everything down for six days for those that still chose to be in-person workshops. Closed it down for six days. We retrained over 12,000 coaches and guides around the globe and immediately six days later launched 30,000 workshops a week um, virtually. So going on Zoom, as so many of us were, um, uh, that is something that we have since relaunched in a sort of a rebranded product of unlimited workshops. So it's a combination of where you can go in person or you can go ahead and you can go with no limits on geography. You can be in workshops as much as you want from early in the morning until late at night. You can join. We've been seeing families joining cross country. Um, but the reality is that so much of this is happening and so many people are now choosing our digital only products. Um, we've recently launched um, something called Digital 360, which is an always on product in the sense that you have um, this content that's being delivered by a whole new cohort of coaches, really aspirational, um, diverse group of people that many of whom are new to the WW brand, um, but have great history and great understanding of how the program works. And you can be doing all sorts of experiences with them from yoga, to all sorts of um, different interactive things, walk-in talks that are led by people like Oprah Winfrey. We have Matthew McConaughey now on the app doing um, his own experience. It's, it's really been a, a great, um, and it's a very, very new product. But so we have all these different tiers now in which you can join in and everyone is doing the same program, um, still tracking food, but ultimately you can experience it in a way that makes most sense for you and your lifestyle. Is that something you think was just was 
accelerating something that was already happening? Or is there an element here of you had to, by necessity, go more virtual? And actually, you thought, wow, this is a massive opportunity to really um, do some new things that have really taken off and been um, interesting to users. Absolutely. Look, it's a little bit of both. I think our digital transformation, um, to use an overused phrase in corporate America right now, that started for us long before the pandemic. So like I said, we were very much in the right place at the right time and prepared for this moment. Um, So I think because we're also looking at that holistic approach, people are looking for things that are personalized, right? There's no one size fits all. We've always had a level of personalization, but we've now taken it to another level. Frankly, even ahead of our paywall now, People can go and they're given an assessment. And it really speaks to how do you like to eat? Where do you like to eat? How much do you move? How much do you not move? What is that experience like, especially now in the pandemic? Are you cooking more, which most of us are? Um, We have a new feature on the app. What's in your fridge? One of our most popular features where you can literally go stare into that fridge and just plunk in the few things that might be in there at any given moment. And here are a bunch of recipes that you can go ahead and use. Um, So I really think that it's people are, again, same my w plus my ww plus program which we launched um in q4 of last year but everyone experiences it in the way that is the most resonant for them yeah i think we've all been staring into our fridges a lot more over the past year it's one of the few forms of entertainment we've got left but uh, if you see the rise of things like fitbit and peloton and and all sorts of other apps and fitness devices are they competitive to you or are they actually you know um symbiotic with ww and do you work in partnership with any of these folks well, we've been we've been very purposeful about finding the right partners. To your point, and we're very lucky that because the fact is we can go ahead and a lot of things work with WW. Needless to say, um, we obviously encourage exercise and movement. We have uh, quite a few Peloton fans um, within our with our own um, you know corporate population, and lots of rides happen on a regular basis. The reality is that anything you do, you can sync up with our app, and all of your fit points do get calculated. We have within our app, however. However, literally without having to leave the app itself, we have partnerships with um, with FitOn um, where you get great exercises that you can do right there. We have um, with Headspace, a partnership. You don't even need to leave our app to go ahead and get um, quite a few uh, meditations, all of these things that you can do right within our own ecosystem. But if you're working outside of it, that certainly can sync up um, a great new partnership um, with Amazon Halo that um, we began late last year where we're a part of that community. So we're definitely looking for more and more opportunities. We just announced just since the first of the year, um, a new partnership with the vitamin shop where you can purchase our products and newly branded products within their stores. Um, and also a really exciting um, with Serta, um, where, because we know sleep tracking, which we just introduced into our app recently, is an incredibly important part of weight loss. So if you can go, we've launched it in the Sam's Clubs, where if you make a purchase with Serta, you're getting free trials of WW. So we're really purposeful in how we are partnering with people that have the same, um, the same goals in health and wellness. Yeah, just clarifying what you said earlier. So the, the amount of members globally is 4.7 million. Is that right? As of our Q3 close of, yes, 2020. Got Correct. Cool. And just to end up, you've spent a long time in the sort of entertainment PR sector, I guess, at 42 West, DKC, PMK on the agency side. And as you mentioned, at Disney, what would you say are the biggest differences to doing communications at WW compared to your career, you know, before that? 
You know, there's something that's really great that um, uh, is, again, I, I have often said that I could not imagine being in any other in any other company during the period of time that we've been in it. I started 2020 in a way that was not so unfamiliar to me in my past life. Um, I had the honor of going on a tour, spent the first 10 weeks of 2020 on tour with Oprah Winfrey and the team as she was um, traveling um, nine cities in 10 weeks in the US specific to talk about um, her vision forward and how we were going to be getting healthier and have a very strong 2020 um, intention. Obviously, um, 2020 for all of us turned out quite differently than had been spoken about in those first 10 weeks. But it was interesting to see that, you know, how it evolved into the year and how we then turned that into a virtual tour and continue to create this content that, um, in my humble opinion, something we created in-house, still some of the best content I think that's actually been created during the pandemic. For me, what's been most interesting is still working with celebrity and ambassadors. And we have Kate Hudson, we just recently announced. Um, James Corden has joined um, our group, um, uh, very devoted for what he's doing. It's an interesting and different relationship with celebrity and how, how we utilize it. They come to us for very, very deeply personal reasons. And I'm not gonna say that obviously, you know, having worked with them in film and television and stage projects, Obviously, there's a lot of passion there, too. But when someone's coming to you saying, I want to make a change in my life and I want to share that change with people all around the world, that's deeply meaningful. And so I think there's just been a, a depth of, of purpose behind um, the work itself. That's uh, really it's, it's been very refreshing for me. And I'm, I'm incredibly grateful to be doing it right now. Yeah, no, sounds great. And we all look forward to getting back to the time when we can do media tours and all that good stuff. Uh, who knows when, but hopefully uh, uh, later this year. <laughs> Thank you, Joe. Great to hear more about your role, and we look forward to chatting with you further about the topical subjects. Frank, um, lots going on this week, as always, but uh, let's start with FedEx, which has reorganized its comms and marketing function. Yeah, really interesting story to come out of FedEx this week, which is that they have brought their communications and marketing functions together uh, under the recently promoted Jenny Robertson who is SVP of Integrated Marketing and Communications. Uh, now, she works under Brie Carrera, who uh, is well-known to PR Week readers, and she's EVP and Chief Marketing and Communications Officer. Uh, but Robertson is overseeing the day-to-day -day on this. She has a wide range of functions reporting up to her, whether it's global communications, global brand and reputation, global customer engagement, you name it. But what I think is really interesting about this, too, is it's both an internal and an external reorganization in that they are streamlining their marketing and comms departments in-house. But they are also bringing together uh, their external PR agencies, creative agencies, all of these. That includes Edelman on PR, BBDO on creative, OMD is their media buying firm. Uh, Current Global does media and sponsorships and other sorts of things. Hawkeye does digital for them. And they're bringing them all together as an integrated team. Uh, unfortunately, they, they don't have a fun name for the integrated team, like Global Team Blue or anything like that. But uh, it's, a, it's a really interesting story. FedEx is, a you know, obviously a huge company, really busy right now in what they are doing, helping to get the uh, COVID-19 vaccine uh, distributed across the country uh, on a short notice, too. 
Yeah, very much essential workers and been doing great job since post-lockdown and before, but especially post-lockdown. Joe, how does comms and marketing fit together at WW? It's, it's different at every organization, but how do you do it over there? It is. Um, uh, it's We have a brand group um, and we have the PR and communications group. And uh, as my group, PR and comms, we do report directly into Mindy Grossman, our CEO, as does um, Gail Tifford, our chief brand officer. So we work very, very closely. Um, and look, I come from organizations where um, things are often, you know, PR does report into marketing, um, comms doesn't necessarily. So I'm always interested to see how other organizations are doing. I mean, are you guys noticing? more of a trend that this is more of the the future of more of the combined of the two because i've seen it both ways in my career i think it varies from organization to organization if you look at johnson and johnson michael sneed over there oversees comms and marketing and there are other organizations where that's the case and then there are many others where comms reports into marketing i think the structure is important but um, i think having the relationship with the CEO is also important. So even if you do report to marketing, you've got to have a good um, rapport with the CEO and a good working relationship. I don't know what you think, Frank, and what you're seeing. I would agree with that for sure about the, um, the relationship with the CEO, but yeah, it does vary company to company and, and industry sector by industry sector. I mean, we've, we've seen recently, you know, um, top communications executives reporting to everybody from the chief administrative officer to the chief HR officer. Um, I think we would always advocate that they're reporting directly to the CEO, if at all possible. Yeah, I think we've seen what happens when that doesn't uh, occur. And uh, I think nobody's doubting now that the, the importance of the communications function, nobody's saying that, uh, you know, they don't have need a seat at the table because it's again, especially in the last 12 months, but it was already happening. People recognize that C-suite executives recognize the importance of it. And, uh, and, and it demonstrates it really, their leadership stems from good communication. So, yeah. And someone else who's recognizing the value of PR is Sir Martin Sorrell. Uh, his S4 Capital Group has absorbed its first PR operation, Frank. Yeah, and it's an interesting agency. Um, and it's sort of a newish agency. Instead of, you know, going after a, a legacy firm or, you know, a firm with tremendous scale, S4 Capital makes their first PR acquisition by buying up a low earth orbit, which uh, I think our readers will remember was founded about a year and a half ago by uh, Jessica Clifton, the former Edelman Digital head, and another Edelman alum, um, Kevin King. Now, they are both going to work for Media Monks, which is sort of the, the chief agency within S4, the big content agency there run by Wesley Turhar. Um, but what's interesting about this is that the low Earth orbit brand is going away. And that sort of agency structure or consultancy structure that they had is going away. And they're going to be a part of Media Monks. And S4 is going to offer PR services uh, but not necessarily through a group of different PR agencies. So uh, a different take on it here. Um, and interested to see if they stick with this strategy or they change course, depending on what clients want going forward. Yeah, good to see Sir Martin getting on the PR trend. Joe, what's your agency strategy? Do you have an agency of record or do you work more with, on a project basis with firms? More When I came into the role, there was a lot more um, reliance on, um, I wouldn't even say agencies of record, but just a lot of agencies. And there weren't, frankly, many people inside. And look, I look, it's, it's a luxury being able to have an internal team. Certainly, that's um, what I was familiar with working at the Walt Disney Company. 
um, and just hiring on project basis. But I will say, um, I mean, I'll give a shout out now. You know, we're working with um, both um, Taneo, who is a longtime um, a partner um, and something that Mindy Grossman has worked with for many years. Um, and I'll, we've just recently brought on um, LaForce um, to help and, uh, you know, on the consumer side, um, more on a project basis at this moment, but really excellent work. Again, obviously being someone who split their career, um, I'm a huge fan of agencies. So when um, with the right scope, um, the right direction, the right internal um, sort of, you know, just putting the right team together internally and externally can work very nicely. Yeah, very amen to that. So Wells Fargo, they have you ever done that thing where you press send on an email and you think, <laughs> oh, my God. Uh, one, I, I've just said something about someone and they're on that email or, oh, my God, that's gone to the whole company. Well, that happened in this case, didn't it, Frank? How did they uh, – did... well, it wasn't so bad, but sending an email to every employee in Wells Fargo, you know, that's a lot of people. <laughs> Yeah, it is, especially when you have 250,000 employees. Now, I've been lucky enough that I've never done the reply all thing with an embarrassing email. I'm going to knock on wood right now because I'm sure I'll do it in an hour. Um, but I, I can definitely see some colleagues of ours have and, and have often. And then people who have received the email have continued to hit reply all, uh, you know, uh, to uh, ad nauseum. So I think we're all familiar with that sort of... But enough, uh, of, but enough of Philadelphia sports, Frank. Yeah, yeah, exactly. Um, but Wells Fargo, who, which, of course, you know, has had a, a couple of rough years reputation-wise, you know, with the fake account scandal that had been going on for years, you know, really took this opportunity to, to have some fun with this um, and, and to make sort of a good, lighthearted story for themselves uh, in that they took to social media and sort of reprinted these happy birthday Holly t-shirts, uh, you know, celebrating Just the employee whose happened. birthday. Oh, yeah, it was an employee. Well, a happy birthday wish, yeah, a happy birthday wish kept getting bounced around among the email list of 250,000 employees as people keep hitting uh, reply all. So uh, the employee was Holly, and I guess we should wish Holly a happy birthday. Yeah, happy birthday, Holly. She's probably getting bored uh, with it. We're, we're probably the only folks who have it at this point. But now we have T-shirts and mugs, and it was on their their LinkedIn and their Twitter account, and it's been received very positively. So you know what? Good for them. Uh, a good chance to make some, you know, a positive story for themselves. As of yesterday, the LinkedIn post had more than a thousand comments, seven thousand likes, uh, more than half a million impressions. So yeah, good for them on this one. Yeah, Barry Rafferty's the uh, head of comms in right. there, so I wonder if she had a, a part in that as well. It's good to see him getting a bit more positive uh, coverage. Have you ever done that, Joe? Have you ever sent out an email that you shouldn't have done? I'm, I'm doing exactly what Frank said. I'm knocking a lot of wood right now saying no. I mean, I think I've had the experience of perhaps sending the email to the person about the person when it was not intended to go to that person, yeah. which yeah. is a similar version, but good for them. I, you know, I think they handled it. And so we keep trying to come up with creative ways to bring us together as a global corporate community. You know, that's one unintentional way of doing it. And that's probably bonded them in a way that you yeah. know, they get some credit for. No, absolutely, especially in this uh, lockdown working from home environment. So let's talk about this um, GameStop AMC Robinhood share story, Frank. It's uh, dominated the national media, but uh, just talk us through what what it's all about. Yeah, well, it's slightly regretting not uh, getting in on all of it. Of yes. Because uh, there are a lot of people. That we can buy shares as journalists, of course, because we're business journalists. So. 
Well, anyway, yes, yes, of course. So, uh, so, so it's um, never been done. <laughs> this has been a, there. There have been a lot of questions uh, about how exactly this happened and how essentially a bunch of uh, Reddit users outfoxed, you know, the, the the big hedge funds and the big banks by sort of outmaneuvering them and you know uh, pumping up the price of of this um, pumping up the price of the stock for GameStop, which we, you know, I think most people realize is, is something of an outdated retail business model when all of gaming has moved to streaming and there's not really this need for in-person. So this is, uh, I should say, this is where we're here Thursday, 2.30 p.m. And this is where the story is now, because this will probably change by tomorrow morning. But the latest is Robinhood, where a lot of this trading was taking place, the stock buying and selling platform that talks about how it has democratized trading stopped trading on uh the gamestop stock this morning and now there are class action lawsuits uh accusing robin hood uh, of breaching its contract with uh the people that use it so that's the latest on this and there's also a lot of back and forth uh you know uh, whether from the populist wings of both parties this afternoon uh, a lot of criticism of Robin Hood, you know, whether that's that's AOC from the left side or Ted Cruz from the right side. They're not they're not getting along on Twitter, we should say, but they do agree on this point. Um, but we found something about that those whether, people agree on. Uh, well, yeah, yeah, uh, but they are both very angry that Robin Hood has cut off trading on GameStop, essentially saying that people who aren't affiliated with big banks have the right to make money through short selling and things of that nature as well. Yeah, it's a sort of a, it's the technology catching up with this. I think I, I heard Adina Friedman, who's the CEO of NASDAQ this, this morning, saying that they need to review the new technologies and the way people are you know, engaging with stocks and maybe update their regulations. And I'd say, yeah, I think you do, um, especially after this. But uh, I can't help feeling, is there not a little bit of a democratization of it here that actually this is the small person who's not been able to invest before getting a, a little taste of what the big uh, bankers, have, um, you know, share dealers have been able to do for years? Or is that just uh, being a little naive? I think so too. I think so too. And, and there are, you know, folks from the gigantic, billionaire investors from the gigantic hedge funds on television, you know, all day today, yesterday and today, and, and sort of almost saying, you know, how dare the little guy be able to, uh, you know, do the same sort of things that we do. And I, I don't think it's a great look for them, you know, um, but we, we've seen a lot of that in the past, in the past couple of days. And, but also on the other hand, you know, folks like Mark Cuban are sort of sharing in the outrage that trading on the stock was shut down on Robinhood. Yeah, it's essentially what people are doing is they're buying shares in distressed stocks and then they're sort of pumping them up across Reddit and other viral social media channels. And this is inflating the stock price and then they are able to sell at a profit, which, you know, um, I'm sure is uh, might be might be slightly dubious. But in many ways, I wonder if that's been going on for years anyway. What did what do you think of it, Joe? You know, I think the real interesting part of the story for me, and I think for you guys as well, coming from where we sit, is it's the power of social media. I mean, really, if you think yeah. about where this started, and I'm going to, you know, I haven't had a chance to go check with my kids and make sure that they haven't been, you know, taking the credit card on TikTok. But literally, <laughs> that's where this is all coming from. And I think so it's going to be interesting to see if this 
is prophetic and that we're going to see more of this going forward from a population that didn't necessarily um, really pay much attention to Wall Street, but they're engaging and coming in through a path that's completely new. Yeah, that's what I think, that maybe in the long term that it will be democratized. And I don't think that is a bad thing. But uh, without making any statements on the specifics of this particular case, of course. So, yeah, our last couple of stories are all about social as well. Um, Twitter's done a brand refresh. But don't worry, it's going to keep the bird. And then an agency is using TikTok to find new staffers. And it's got hundreds of people engaging, Frank. Yeah, so let's um, let's start with TikTok. This was unveiled in a... 17 17 tweet thread. Sorry, it took me a second to get out. Uh, from their CMO, Leslie Berland. Um, she says, users are the inspiration for the new look. Again, the bird mascot is not going anywhere. And tweets will remain the center of the platform and the center of the brand. Uh, but you're going to see some design changes and also a new typography that they're calling Chirp. Uh, but it's going to start bringing in, you know, more texture, color, movement, themes, things like that. Um, the designs they've showed off are pretty cool, I think. You know, they're light blue. They have almost like a Basquiat vibe to them. Um, so, you know, looking forward to seeing what they have in store. I mean, with Twitter, of course, they. it's interesting they're rolling this out. They've been in the news for so many other different more important reasons you know whether it's cutting off former president trump uh and you know sticking to this weeks after uh he's well a week now after he's out of office or other brand safety issues and things like that but from my point of view the design looks pretty good to start with was it aimed at uh, getting a younger users interested and involved uh, I don't know that specifically, but if it is, uh, I think it's a good step in that direction. It definitely has a younger vibe to it as well. Um, and as we know, younger users are moving away from and have been moving away for a long time, you know, from what we it's it's almost weird to say this legacy social media, you know, as, as yeah. we're talking about old cars. But it's uh, but they have been moving away from Facebook and, you know, the the social moving, networks. Your parents moving to things like TikTok. Yeah. So this is this is a fun mini trend that's happening, which is that agencies are recruiting and then doing interviews and then doing the application process through TikTok. And why not? Because, you know, it's such a hot platform for brands. And, um, and you know, is this one agency's day day one agency senior creative Fritz Gilbert is both an inf- uh, both works at the agency and is an influencer with. 360,000 TikTok followers of his own. Um, And they decided, the agency decided it was time to sort of get him an apprentice. So they got, they got more than 700 applications. Uh, They drew it down to 10, but they finally went and hired somebody who went through the entire process. So what they're looking for is that, of course, they're trying to get the attention of their clients, customers, right? But they're also trying to get agency staffers in here who tell compelling stories in a clear and concise way, which I guess you would have to on uh, such yeah. a short form platform like that. And you know what? I think it's really cool. I think that, you know, like when, when we interview people for, for jobs, they have to do writing texts and they have to be able to show that they can write coherently and report coherently and, and write clearly and, and all of those things. So why not test people on the platforms that they'll be working on once they get the job? 
Yeah, and I think it makes it super authentic that Fritz has got three hundred sixty thousand followers, and they're not just—they're not—it's not just a gimmick with for them. Uh, they are—they are authentically involved with it. Joe, how do you play in in social media? You mentioned the power of it, but it can be a very negative power as well—the vitriol involved on Twitter and other channels. But it's—it can be super positive. So, how do you play as a communicator in the, in those spaces? Well, super powerful, um, but you said, yeah, that cuts both ways. Um, and of course, there's, you know, how I engage personally and professionally. And I think, you know, we're very, we're very clear on how we use our social media telling stories and knowing that obviously, especially over the past year, we've had to engage um, very directly with some strong social issues. And uh, so I think that's been incredibly powerful for us as a tool. Um, look, and I think on the personal side, you know, I get a kick out of TikTok and I still say my home may over index, but I still say, you mean musically? I mean, my kids have been on this platform long before, you know, it migrated over to TikTok. And I'm actually thrilled to hear that um, this story about actually trying to, you know, recruit talent that way, because I, I think that's it's brilliant. And it really speaks to, you know, my kids who are still teenagers. But um, uh, while I want them to learn what it's like to have to sit down and actually have a face to face interview and get a, you know, a job. Um, let's also be clear. I've actually hired my last vice president and last VA over Zoom and never met them in person. So, I mean, the world has changed drastically. Um, and I'm glad that, you know, there's, that we're using these tools for um, maybe more than just doing some silly um, pet videos, which we're not foreign to doing here. <laughs> yeah, it's true. We've we've got several new staffers that we've never actually met in person, but they are really valued colleagues. So uh, that's absolutely true. But so uh, yeah, thank you, Joe, for joining us. Really great to have you on the show, and um, much better than your brother Doug. I got to say, <laughs> no competition. We all are. I think that said, you're going to have some other Quen quiz in the future, so we'll have to work on those booking. Yeah, I'm cool. thank you for having me. I really appreciate it. Guys. Yeah, looking forward to your kids coming on as influencers or budding uh, social media stars. Um, Frank, always a pleasure. Thank you so much, sir, and uh, thanks for your input. Um, just a quick housekeeping note. The Brand Film Awards are out for entries. That's a joint thing across PR Week campaign and MM&M, our sister titles, and it's the celebrating the best in films made by and for brands. So do get your best activations in. And our agency business report is open for submission. So if you haven't received the form yet, please reach out and make sure that you are part of that process. But that's all we got time for. We will see you next time on the PR Week. Thank you for listening to this week's episode of the PR Week. To find more episodes, visit PRWeek.com.